They want to indict President Trump. That's what's coming. And if you guys don't understand it, you don't know what time it is. But it's also time once again to remind you of the college scam, collegecam.com, how America's universities are bankrupting and brainwashing away the future of America's youth. If you want to know how we got here, make sure you go collegecam.com. All proceeds from book sales go to Turning Point USA. This book is so good. Keep in mind, not only have I read it, but Tanya Tay, I kid you not, is halfway through the book right now. Even she is into it. The college scam with the most international. She's going to college in Eastern Europe. She's going to college in America. She will tell you all the differences. So I'm going to get Tanya on here for the review when she's done. Collegecam.com. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is August 15th, 2022, Anno Domini. First up today, the road to indictment. President Trump's passports were seized. His privileged documents seized. Rudy Giuliani is now targeted in a criminal probe. We told you this was coming. Next up, a far-left UK group is calling for the banning of Posobiec. That's me. Also, libs of TikTok and Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert over groomer tweets. We're going to explain what that means next. Elon Musk writing an essay praising the Chinese government for the CCP's top censorship office. And finally, one that's near and dear to my heart, The Atlantic is attacking Catholics and declaring the rosary as a hate symbol. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Good morning. I'm here to give you an update on the FBI's investigation of Secretary Clinton. What I want to do is tell you what we're recommending. But first, let me tell you what we found. 110 emails, 52 email chains, have been determined to contain classified information. What difference at this point does it make? Eight of those chains are top secret. 36 of those chains are secret. And eight contain confidential information. What difference at this point does it make? Everything I did was admitted. There was no law, no regulation. Secretary Clinton should have known that an unclassified system was no place for that conversation. I did not email any classified material to anyone. To the contrary, nothing was marked classified. There is evidence nothing was classified. So, of course, that video coming to us from the great socialist mop. That video, by the way, is almost six years old. You know why it goes so hard? You know why it slaps the way it does? Because that video actually comes to us from the great meme war itself. 2015, 2016, 2017. If you were not around at that time, you don't even understand the incredible energies, the vast meme powers that were unleashed on the entire world that actually went into our very reality and timeline and warped them away from the dark side into the base reality that we now exhibit. And so to all the great meme war veterans out there, I salute you. But we have to get into what's going on today. The fallout from the raid of Mar-a-Lago continues, and it's very clear what's going on. They want to indict President Trump. I don't know how many times I have to say this. Just before we went to tape today, we found out that they seized President Trump's passports. Now, you might be scratching your head. Why would they seize the president's passports? 
Why would that make any sense? Why would anyone do that? It's obvious. They view him as a flight risk. They don't want him leaving the country. They think that because of his, they actually view the former president of the United States as a threat and a flight risk to American security. This is like when they ran Napoleon out, you know, to Corsica and tried to stick him out there. They actually are trying to exile President Trump or worry that he's going to leave. So they're seizing his passports. You got to throw all that stuff aside. All right. Go read a book. Go read a little bit of history. Go talk to somebody from any post-Soviet country or Central America, South America, the Middle East. This is normal. This is routine business over there. And now they're saying they're going after Giuliani for Georgia because he made some phone call. So it's so clear. It's so the Fulton County DA wants to, uh, to criminally indict. Of course, they want to indict Giuliani. But it's not just about Giuliani. They want to indict Giuliani so they can get to President Trump. That's what this is all about. It's the de-Trumpification project. And if you think the temperature is going to get turned down on this, then go ask yourselves, why are you raiding the president's home? Why are you raiding his advisors? Why are you putting Stephen K. Bannon on a show trial in Washington, D.C.? Why are you doing all of these things and then turning around and they're saying if you complain about it, if Jack Posobiec complains about it, that's the same thing as they say it's violence. If you talk about the fact that a lawyer who represented Jeffrey Epstein's employees, including we're told one of his Yugoslavian sex slaves, was the judge who signed off on that warrant, that if you talk about that, that that's the same thing as violence that you're putting people at risk. Look, it, it's not hypocrisy. It's hierarchy. You want to call out the double standards. You don't get it yet, do you? You're a second class citizen. A conservative is a second class citizen in the United States today. You don't have the same amount of rights as everyone else. You don't have the same amount of rights as someone on the left. Look at Alec Baldwin. The FBI just came out with the report. We might get to it tomorrow in more detail. They said, yeah, it looks like he pulled the trigger. Of course he pulled the trigger. We know Alec Baldwin pulled the trigger. You know how we know? Because he shot and killed a staffer. Yet no FBI raid for him. He's out hanging out in the Hamptons with his wife, having a good old time after he shot and killed a staffer. Understand what part of the movie you are in. Are you sick of the wokeness epidemic? It feels like every time you turn around, every company is turning woke, every movie, every TV show, every brand. How do we fight this? What do we do? Well, if you saw Michael Seifert on this latest episode, blockbuster episode of Timcast IRL, you'll understand why. Because Public Square, Public Square is an incredible app that you can use to get this. And after Michael Seifert was on Timcast, that app, believe it or not, Public Square, broke all the way into the top 25 of all apps on Apple. So you can get it from the Apple App Store. You can get it from Google Play. What do you do? It's so easy. If you want to have an app that'll let you know which businesses that you can support with your dollars that actually stand by our freedoms, okay, the freedoms that are in the Bill of Rights, not going woke, but giving you your individual freedom, your individual rights, your values, that's what Public Square is all about. So you connect with your local community, connect with these businesses, and even online businesses that share your values. If you're sick of spending money and sending money and giving money, 
to people who hate you. Go and download Public Square today. That's Public Square, Public SQ, Public Square. Little children, do you like dancing for little children? You don't think that's disgusting? Dancing around for little children? Don't you think that's disgusting? I need you to hey, get away. You don't think that's disgusting? Hey, well, you can't just touch me. You don't think that's disgusting? You don't think that's disgusting? Your mom's a Go off. You don't think that's disgusting? Dancing for little children. You should be ashamed. You should be ashamed of yourself dancing for little children. You should be ashamed of yourself. Kim, is he a child? No. You guys dancing little children. You should be ashamed of yourselves. You're disgusting. Think about what you just did. Okay, that's fine, but you dance naked in front of little children. You did, you did. You did. Look at you. You dance in front of little children. You dance in front of little children. So we know what's been going on in the country lately. We know that there has been an epidemic of the sexualization of children. All right, we call this grooming. I said, why do you call that grooming? Well, it's simple. Because if I watch the Jeffrey Epstein trial, actually the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, where they talk about Epstein and his operations, at one point there was, and we did a whole Jeffrey Epstein special here at Human Events Daily. Go back and listen to it. Go back and watch it. It's a fantastic. Because what we, went, what we did was we took a step back and looked at his actual operation. We talked about the client list that has been sealed. And we also talked about the fact that one day during that trial, a grooming expert got up on the stand, child psychologist, and went through the various steps of grooming, how it's essentially like a, a sales funnel of perversion, what they do to these kids. But it always starts, one of the key steps, one of the very key steps of this is introducing sexualized content to minors and then normalizing discussions of sexual activity with these minors, essentially sexualizing them. So when we turn around and then we can see this happening all around the country, we say, well, this is grooming. This is clearly consistent with the commonly accepted definition of what is a grooming tactic. But the new far left center out in the UK says, actually, it's a hate crime to say that that's grooming. I said, a hate crime? Against who? The groomers? Well, that's a slur. And if you tweet about it, well, you're using a slur. And so they put up now a blacklist. And I've got the list right here. They say, these are quote-unquote grooming tweets from just 10 key figures who were viewed 48 million times, all right? Listen to this. A small number of individuals have an outsized influence promoting the, quote, hateful grooming narrative, with just 10 users responsible for tweets estimated to have reached Twitter users nearly 48 million times, equivalent to 66% of the total estimated number of Twitter users reached by the 500 most viewed, quote, hateful tweets. Notice they never actually show you what the tweets are, but here's the list. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, Dr. James Lindsay, Lauren Boebert, Libs of TikTok, Tim Young, Christina Pushaw, Drew Hernandez, Chad Prather, Jack Posobiec, and Matt's Idea Shop. And they say, well, you should apologize. You should apologize. You're, you, should, you should totally apologize for this. Well, I looked at the list, and I looked back at my tweets, and so I say, okay, I will apologize. I'm very sorry. I apologize for not being number one on the list, and I will try very much harder to do so next time. So go if you agree with this, send us an email, liberty at tpusa.com. What do you think about this? Do you think it's acceptable 
for this type of behavior to be going on, not just in these bars, by the way, like in Dallas, this is going on in schools. This is going on at universities, in some cases, workplaces, some cases, daycares. This is what's going on. Liberty at TPUSA.com. Let us know. Send us a message. And we can send a message back to this, this left-wing, you know, mega-billionaire financed organization. They say, oh, we're going to put you on our blacklist. So who are you? Who are you to determine this? And I'm sorry, are you saying that it is okay for this type of behavior to be going on with kids? Because all I'm saying is, don't do this with kids. Why are you doing this to children? Why are you targeting children? And they're saying, oh, you're being hateful for calling it out. I'm sorry. It's grooming, 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 grooming. In fact, we've got a special episode of Human Events Daily. We're going to add it to our Sunday series. We're going to make those more regular. Myself, Dr. James Lindsay, we are going to talk all about why it was that Twitter suspended him for saying this. And we're also going to point out the fact that we are not stopping here. Human Events Daily is not stopping. Turning Point USA is not stopping. If anything, this is only giving us fuel to go harder. Uh, new vehicle um, production is electric in the United States. Um, and China's probably going to be ahead of that because China's been super pro-EV. Um, I don't think a lot of people know this, but like, I mean, China's environmental policies are way ahead of the U.S. Like their mandate for renewable energy far exceeds the U.S. I think this, sometimes people are under the impression that China is uh, either dragging their feet or, or somehow behind the U.S. in terms of um, sustainable energy promotion. But they're, they're by far the most aggressive on Earth. It's crazy. I mean, like, in fact, the uh, a coalition of Chinese car manufacturers just wrote the Chinese government to beg for them to slow down the mandate. Well, Elon Musk is back in the news. And no, it's not just because he lost his latest round in the Delaware court where he's in a lawsuit with Twitter. By the way, looks like he's going to have to buy Twitter. He tried to back out of it, um, claimed that there was this issue with bots. Judge keeps seeing to be ruling for Twitter on this one. But we will see. We'll see how it goes. However, comma, as we told you before, we think what's going to happen in that case is that he's going to make a deal. He's going to make a settlement with Twitter. He's going to be able to buy it maybe a couple of dollars less than the original asking price, the original agreed upon price. But these contracts, it's very, very hard to get out of them. This judge doesn't appear like she's ruling with him on any step of the way. But don't worry about that because Elon Musk is super committed to free speech. In fact, Elon Musk is so committed to freedom of speech that he's just, let me just check here, postmillennial.com. Elon Musk pens essay praising the Chinese government. Wait, hold on. Wait, that's got to be a typo. Is this? No, this is not Babylon B. This is actually postmillennial and it doesn't say satire anywhere on it. Okay. Praising the Chinese government for the CCP's internet censorship office. Huh. Huh. Okay, hold on. Who, wait, who, who, what, what's this office? What, what is this office? Who did he write for? Okay. The China Cyberspace Office is run by the CCP's Cyberspace Administration of the People's Republic of China. They're also the arm that owns the China's, uh, China's investment fund, which is the partial owner and one of the heavily, uh, heavily invested funds into ByteDance. What does ByteDance run? Douyin. Doyin, or as it's known in America, TikTok. Hmm, interesting. 
And what is he talking about? He's saying, thank you for my invitation to the magazine. I'm very pleased to share with my Chinese friends some of my thoughts of the vision of technology and humanity. And uh, technology may one day surpass human understanding and control. And we are not always complacent and maintained by a sense of urgency. And, and China's leading the way in clean energy, humanoid robots, Neuralink, and space exploration. China is so far ahead. One of the biggest difficulties we see in sustainable energy lies in the large production scale of lithium battery cells. Chinese company will be forced to reckon with this. And he goes on and on and on, praising the Chinese government, praising the CCP. Now, look, some people, some people will say, and I already know what the knock on this is going to be. They're going to say, Posa, why are you being so hard on Elon Musk? If you think I'm being too hard on Elon Musk, liberty at tposa.com, shoot us your email. Am I being too hard on Elon Musk? When I say, are we just supposed to overlook these things? Am I just supposed to overlook the fact that he's got the Tesla store, the Gigafactory, the Tesla Gigafactory in Shanghai. He's got the showroom in Urumuchi, right next, right in Xinjiang, right where the Uyghurs are being held in concentration camps. And that he's clearly cozying up to the Chinese government. I'm going to say, oh, well, he has to. Has to. He just has to. Why? Oh, well, well, because he wants Chinese labor. Why does he need that? Why do we want that? And here's the thing, right? And let me, let me even take it back for a second. He's not the only guy who does this. Everyone does this in business, in international business. This is the game. This is the game of putting the international world order, the international system ahead of everything. Drop down all the borders. Who cares? Just go where the labor is cheapest. That's what they want businesses to do. That's how the system of globalism works. It's a global supply chain. What our argument is, is that countries and nations will work better without the global supply chain, but internal supply chains. Supply chains that include manufacturing here in the United States of America. And we know that SpaceX is here. We know that there are Tesla facilities here. But we don't, what we don't want is situations like this where we want to be competitive. Yes, that's true. But also, we don't want to be giving the free flow of Western foreign capital to the CCP anymore. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! So what you just heard was footage of the Salman Rushdie attack. Salman Rushdie is a novelist, British Indian novelist, who wrote a book called The Satanic Verses. He included the Prophet Muhammad as a character in various parts of the novel. And because of that, a fatwa was issued against him and Islamic militants, particularly Shias, including Iran, out of Iran, have targeted him for death for years, since the 1980s. And this past weekend, someone stabbed him in the face, stabbed him in the back. He's going to lose his eye, hurt his arm. But the Atlantic Magazine doesn't care about that because they're very worried about people who pray the rosary. Yes, that's right. It wasn't a rosary prayer that stabbed Simon Rushdie all those times, stabbed him in the eye. No, it wasn't one of those. But the Atlantic is worried 
about the rosary. They're saying the rosary is now a hate symbol, a hate symbol. Because of their ethos, and this is from the, uh, the great Libby Emmons writing for humanevents.com. But for the Atlantic, the beads are a symbol of hate, the prayer beads. It's obvious based on the Atlantic's ethos that they would only dare take aim at Catholics and Christians for their faith. Any other religion, despite beheadings, honor killings, and ethnic hate, gets a cultural pass. They wrote this hit piece knowing that the Department of Homeland Security recently advised Catholic churches that, were, that they were in danger from pro-abortion extremists. Uh, this guy, this kid, by the way, Daniel Pennington wrote, the AR-15 is a sacred object among Christian nationalists, and the rosary has now acquired a militaristic meaning for radical traditional or, quote, rad-trad Catholics. He states that Catholics are armed radical traditionists who have taken up a spiritual notion that a rosary can be a weapon in the fight against evil. And I'm like, you do understand that when people say the rosary is a spiritual weapon, they mean in terms of spiritual warfare. They don't actually mean running up and, like, hitting people with their rosaries or something, dude. But the guy's insane. So here's, here's another question. There was a drive-by shooting at Six Flags north of Chicago this weekend. Was, was it a rosary extremist who did that? There was a pregnant woman who was shot on a bus in Jerusalem just yesterday. Pregnant woman shot in the stomach. Was a rosary extremist that did that? Shootings in Detroit, Chicago, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, Baltimore all weekend. Was it a rosary extremist who did that? Look, it's very clear what they're doing. It's very, very clear. And so if I may, I have to take a page out of Stephen K. Bannon's book and go medieval. Nomine Patris et Filio et Spiritui Sante, Amen. Pater Noster, quies angelus, sanctificator nomen tuum, advenia regnum tuum, fiat volantes tua, sicut in cielo et in terra. Panum nostrum quotidianum de nobis hodia, dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut nos dimitibus debitoribus nostri, set nos inductas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Amen. Nomine Padris et Filio et Spiritus Sancte. Amen. You're not going to stop us. Look, I pray the rosary every day. My family, pray it once by myself, pray, pray it with my kids, say it on Sundays when we go to church. This is who we are. This is who we've always been, and you're not changing that. All right, so that's all the time we have here today. Human Events Daily, thanks again for watching us here. Real America's Voice. If you're watching us live, if you're on Getter, if you're on the live stream, Rumble, YouTube, while they allow us to be on there. Uh, if you're listening to us, Apple, Spotify, remember, as always, our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to you, be good, be brief, be gone. Your homework for us, share this out with one of your normie friends, and then leave us a five-star review, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. What do we talk about today? Road to indictment, President Trump's passports and privileged documents seized, Ruli Giuliani targeted. Next, far left UK groups calling for the banning of myself, libs of TikTok, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and Lauren Boebert over, quote, groomer tweets. Third, Elon Musk writes an essay praising the Chinese government for the CCP's top censorship office. And then finally, The Atlantic Magazine attacking Catholics and declaring the rosary a hate symbol. Completely and utterly disgusting. So when I pray the rosary with my kids and we're looking and when they're going to bed on their MyPillow pillows with Joseph, Mary and baby Jesus, with the sheep, with Noah's Ark, I'm just going to remember what the Atlantic said about me and about my family. Thanks, guys. But before we go, we have to remind you that of today's history break. It's a huge one. Speaking of America and how we fight our enemies, understand that when America fights to win, we win. 
Today in 1945 is victory over Japan Day. Imperial Japan's surrender and the end of World War II was announced in Japan. When this country wants to set out to do great things, we can do great things. We can work together, we can defeat our enemies. But it means going all out. It doesn't mean half measures, and it means going out, getting the job done, and coming home. Not endless wars, not endless destruction for no sake other than destruction. Creating enemies where none are meant to be found. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay a short.